Hello, this is Murphy and Friends. Today, we have a brilliant young woman named Halima. She has many fields. She's an expert. I wish I were that smart and clever in sickle cell anemia. Whatever you want to know, she has. She can uh, tell you. And if you want to ask a question, just email me, T as in Teresa, N as in Nona, O-N-A, 45 at gmail.com. I'm going to say it again. I always like you to have your pencils and papers handy, so uh, I like to tell people about some things that I'm doing. My email, so you can get in touch with uh, Halima, and she's, she knows other things. She's got a kid and all that kind of stuff. You know, and they tell people who have sickle cell they can never have children. But the last few people I may have a lot of kids. My name is Teresa. This is Murphy and Friends. My email, T-N-O-N-A-45 at gmail.com. Hello, Ms. Halima. Uh, what are you going to talk about? What if, I know that last time we spoke, which I'm sorry, everybody, it didn't record. Uh, <coughs> you had some very clear type of ideas in your head about a variety of things. And uh, I just want to know about it. We know yesterday that uh, Kamala, she dropped out of the race. And as they've been saying, there's no person of color, be it uh, Yang, who is uh, of Asian descent, uh, Julian, who is of Mexican descent, Kamala, they're all gone. So what do you think about that? Um, I think they need to be gone. <laughs> I don't think they were good candidates. Um, I wouldn't have voted for any of them. I think we needed better candidates um, of color. So what are you looking at? I'm looking at their personality. I'm looking at their record. I'm looking at what it is they say they want to do when they get into office and whether or not it makes sense. And um, none of them made sense to me. In which way? Because you're talking to people who can, can trying to figure out why should I vote? Who should I vote for? Um, well, Kamala's record in California was not a good one when it came to the treatment of our own people. She was throwing a book at every brown person that came before her. So um, that alone um, dissuaded me, as well as the fact that she had this crazy idea about credit and mandating that your credit profile also include um, how, whether you pay your rent on time, whether you pay your cable bill on time, whether you pay your other utility bills on time. And, I, and, and she's saying that that would create a space for brown people to raise their credit score. And I'm like, that's crap. That would create a bigger space for brown people to not um, be able to manage their credit because a lot of times brown people um, because of socioeconomic circumstances are behind on their bills. So if it's mandated that they have to um, use these different um, ways 
adding to whether or not you are a creditworthy person, that's screwed. I think that's an excellent point because we're on Yonk, not Yonkers Avenue, Central Avenue, and we can count the banks in walking distance on Central Avenue. As most people know, I was born in the Bronx and worked in the Bronx for 40-some years in that you can't find a bank that that might be, there's one on Tremont Avenue and the next one is on Fordham Road. Right. So we are at the mercy of these... Uh, Check cash in places. Which charge a fee. Mm-hmm. So we're not able to put our money in the bank and then just do it like that. If she wants to talk about how we do that, that's one thing. The church I go to now, they have a program to eliminate bills. But for a lot of people, if I'm living day to day, I don't even have the spare change to save up to eliminate the bill. (laughs) Uh, My uh, adult foster daughter, she's really an adult adult. She's going to be 60 this year. Wow. Uh, She found herself not being able to pay the rent or whatever else, Mm -hmm. and she stayed with me. I could not believe it. You could, if you told me the day before, I would say, oh, come on. She's talking about a studio, 400, that was big, a 400 square foot. Right. Was $1,500. Yes. A one-bedroom is damn near 2000 Yes. So you have to have both spouses yes. working. And if you got kids. Forget about it. Uh, I know my godson is 14. And when he was little, mom came back to work, but that was $125 a week. Mm-hmm. That, now, let's say I'm, I don't know what it is now, because he's 14. Let's say I'm paying $200 for babysitting. I, I finally got a studio, which they don't want kids in, mm-hmm. and I'm paying $1,500 for that. Mm-hmm. That's $3,500 before I say, say, can say hello. Mm-hmm. No, I'm, no, that's bad math. I'm sorry. It's $200 a week, so that's $800 a month. On top of the $1,500, right? That's $2,300. Like you I said, that's before you ate. That's before you, <laughs> you know, bought some soap. That's before you and did I anything. I always said that there's two things I have to do. Make sure rent is paid and the babysitter is paid. Right. I'm not talking about the clothes, right. anything like food, because you can skip on food. You 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 get a, a you don't even have to have a piece. You just put uh, some macaroni and something together, right. and, and tomato sauce, right. cheese. Uh, and I know I was at the hospital today, and they were talking about it. Uh, that. Your president wants to cut food stamps. Yes, I I heard about that. But I must say, I'm not in total disagreement with the plan. I I read up on it. At first, I was appalled because I myself am on on food stamps, you know. Um, It's not for, it's between a certain age range and um, not for the disabled. The disabled are exempt. and the thing is, they're saying single people who are able-bodied, those people, they're going to cut off because they need to get a job. 
and that they're going to put them in work programs. Oh, if they're going to put them in work programs, is one thing. Yes. Because as we know, 33%, one out of three black males, I don't care if they're 85 or 16, has a criminal record. Right. And who's going to hire them? Right. Let's say they do get a job uh, at the pizza place or something like that. There's no health insurance? Yeah, I don't think they care about the quality of the job at all. You know, there's just nothing for them. Yeah, so they, I, I, don't, I don't think that they necessarily care about the quality of the job, but I should also say that there is a lot of help out there that people don't avail themselves to. Do they know about the help? Well, through, the, through social services, they, they tell people what's going on out there. Um, there's um, right now there is the um, sanitation workers test, and if you are they able to take it because they're not supposed to have any municipal job. Yeah, but this is but the thing is, if you go and welfare will pay for the test for you, you go take the test, you pass the test. What do you need food stamps for? You now, you now be employed by the city or the state if you have a record. If you have a record, no. That's what I'm talking about. Thirty-three no. percent of young black, old black males have a record. But <laughs> if they do have a record, there are trade schools. People forget about trade schools. People. Oh, I'm not. I. I think that's good. People forget about um, air conditioning, oh, plumbing, absolutely, um, construction, and most of the people electricians. Teach, they say that most of the people who say, you know, I had, and that's who we really need: mechanics. Right. I had my, uh, and you can have a record in. and get those jobs. You can. Yes, I have a, a person come in just to put the lights right. I'm in an old building, you know, and everything's falling apart, and they wouldn't put uh, Best Buy would not put my. Uh, micro of it in unless it was down to the ground with all the things that had to be done mm -hmm. and so I had an electrician come in and then I wanted the electricity in the apartment be fixed mm -hmm. that was $600 for less than <laughs> less than for two seconds right because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said I, I, is 500 okay he says no I want six Mm. And uh, he's, but he retired from the state, he said. So his license is all over New York State. Mm -hmm. Can a young person get that license, be it male or female? Yes, absolutely. If it's but a this state is, license? This, yes, but this is not, it. this is not, um, well, I'm not sure about if you have a felony, but. Um, and most of them do. I can, we can research that. I worked in the courts, and what yeah. happens? We can no, research that. I, I worked that. at legal services. I don't want anybody hearing me and saying that's not true. I worked for legal services, so maybe twice a month I had to take one of the clients to the court. Very often, the person who's supposed to be representing you doesn't know you mm -hmm. from anybody else. Mm -hmm. They'll say, Murphy! Mm -hmm. Jones, Smith, and if you don't hear that, mm -hmm. that means you didn't show up, and that may not be true. Right. And what they do to these people, do you want to go home today? 
And so they plead out a felony. Right, right. And they don't know they have a felony. Right. They think, oh, I, all I got is a misdemeanor. Right. They, and so when, if you have, they act like three strikes are you out, like that's a new thing. I started working in 1975 in the Bronx, and I was in the drug program. That was what they did. Yeah, the system so, is set up for us yeah, to fail. That's right. So they just said, no, I want to go home. Worst thing to do. Yeah. I don't care. Let your mama, your girlfriend, your grandma, your aunt cook some chicken, make some potato salad, and get you out on bail. Right, right, right. So you can do what you have to do, get together. Because they'll say, if this is uh, December 4th, they'll say, uh, come back to court February, whatever. So you could have the money now to get yourself a decent lawyer. Right. And I must say that... We must start saving. If we have ten dollars left over, and, and I and I know that I'm putting it uh, mildly, we need to put two of those dollars in the bank. Right, right, right. Because Absolutely. this happens to us. This happens when and unexpectedly, and that. also illegally, and also <laughs> not necessarily, you know, because I'm guilty. That's the thing. Exactly, the young man two years ago who killed himself after being in yeah. rackets for uh, two years and was acquitted. Mm-hmm. I, it, the mother died rather than he died. But the depression, you know, you know, uh, he never, he, whatever happened to him in there damaged him irrevocably. Him. You, you're not supposed to be in jail that long. You're supposed to have contact with a lawyer within 30 days or so. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years? No more. You know, I I have two sons, and I think about that. I think of them being stopped by the cops. And one of my sons, his, his job was karaoke. So, you know, they leave very late whenever the place closes. Mm-hmm. He says he's been stopped so many times, mm-hmm. very often by the same policeman. Mm-hmm, because that's his patrol. Mm-hmm. And so... Just waiting to catch you in the... Catch you slipping, as they say. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, what, what do you think about Bloomberg? Well, I would vote for Bloomberg. Why? Um, With the stop and frisk as his... Uh, and he, me, in me. January, however, I just want to put this in. In January, he said... Uh, he apologized. He was, no, that was two weeks ago. Okay. Okay, in January, he says he's proud of his record with the stop and frisk. I think... Personally, that stop and frisk is a good thing. I don't think that it was implemented properly. I think it was abused because that's what happens when people who are not from the neighborhood patrol the neighborhood. Um, there's abuse of power. So it's not that I don't agree with stop and frisk because these young kids right here today, they out here acting up. They running around just beating up on people, just cutting people, just shooting people, just but beating up our how, elderly how we, women. How, I know. How do we get to that point where we we know there's Johnny and I know what he's going to do? How do we get to identifying him versus Jimmy, who's a very nice kid, hasn't done anything, uh, and you're thrown against the wall? As you know, I taught at Lima for 35 years, and when I would teach the family, I would ask... How many of you black men have been stopped by cops and thrown against the wall? And the majority of them raised their hands. In all those years, only one said that never happened to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one kid 
if you see him, you say, hey, he's a real nice kid. I think he lives in Yonkers, too. He, he gets this all the time. The same cop, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I stop, I think a lot of it is like getting a ticket for your car. Right. I've got to get, get a, it's a quota. That's right. This I is got to stop this many today. This is what I'm saying about the implementation and the pressure that's put on the cops from higher ups, the chiefs, and things like that to make a quota of stops with um, the stop and frisk. The same way you got to make a quota of stops with traffic pullovers. And things like that. Um, so it's about the implementation. So I'm not mad at Bloomberg for stopping Frisk. I know I'm going to get some heat for that. But I'm not. Um, it needs to be done. It needs to be done in our neighborhoods. Because these kids are wild. And they do need to have some kind of fear in their heart. That, you know, they, they better act right. At least some of the time. Um, about 25 years ago. Uh talking about the same thing in my class and I was taking very much the position of you and one of my students said, where do you live? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's true. I'm not having that every day. I live in the hood. <laughs> so I can so, say it. I grew no, up in Harlem, no, so I can say it. No, I know murderers. Mm-hmm. I know murder, like literal murderers. Well, what has happened to me in the last year and a half, and I hate to think about that, I always considered myself a street social worker. Mm-hmm. Always worked in the Bronx. Hey, hey, how you doing? You know, if you need something, you know, you could talk to me or whatever. But I'm not clear why a young person, it could be female as well as male. Mm-hmm, because the girls are acting up That's just right. as bad see somebody that they know may be the same age as their grandmother, punch them in the face. Because they're so angry. Why are they angry? They're so hurt. Why? And they're so angry. Why? Because of the the breakdown of the family structure. That's really the root of all of this crap. It's not just the family structure. I see. It's the community structure. Well, that started with the family. That's, it starts with the family. From... 45 up will tell you. My daughter will tell you. Yeah, I have people that would watch me. That's and right. if they saw me acting up, they was telling my mother. Exactly. Pronto. So, <laughs> we don't do, we don't have that. That's why I say community. I saw, uh, when I was living in the hood, which wasn't long ago, uh, <laughs> this boy throwing chips on the ground mm-hmm. and telling these two younger boys, now the big boy might have been 12, the two younger ones were Obviously, it looked like they were in the elementary. Pick it up, eat it. Mm-hmm. So I said... What the what? <laughs> what did you tell them? I don't know this boy from anything. I said, don't you ever do that. And so maybe two weeks ago after I wasn't thinking about this man came to me, I saw what you did. I said, well, what did I do? He said, you told that boy not to do that. Mm-hmm. Weren't you afraid his mother was going to come out? No. No. And he is a, a man at that time who looked to be about my age, 50. Mm-hmm. And he's you scared are, to speak up. It was a big man, too. We're not talking about a man that was five foot one, mm-hmm. weighed 120 pounds. He was a big man. Mm-hmm. Now, if a, you do that in front of a kid, a kid does that in front of you, and you don't say anything, mm-hmm. that means it's okay. Exactly. 
exactly. And you, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to, you know, I, I mind my business. I hear that all the time. I just mind my business. So when someone goes upside your head and your neighbor sees it, they keep their mouth shut. Mm-hmm. It works when it's not you. That's right. Well, I used to work uh, after I retired in Harlem at at, um, at this school, right? I don't know how, but I felt my whole head crack open. Mm. It's 2013. If it wasn't for the people in the community... I would have bled. I mean, I, I the blood was there for days. Mm. I would have bled, bled out. Wow. And my son, he took pictures. Wow. They sent me to uh, St. Luke's. Mm. And my son's taking pictures of my head swelled up to the sides like that. Mm. And you can see it now. It's just a little scar now, but it was a. Uh, it was. Oh, and it was forward. Oh yeah, it was. Wow. Head was that big. That's why I can't say too much bad about the community. Because I remember this man saying, "The uh, and you could, if you go there, you'll see it. The fire station's right across the street. Why can't they run over here? They were all trying to save my life. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, told one person, put pressure on her head, put pressure on her head. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the, what do you call those? The ambulance finally came from across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Where they finally came. They could have walked slow. Right. A, a 90 years old woman would have beat them walking. He said, I can't put my hand off her because I have to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm i always in a quandary because I think that we do care. Well, there are still you, good, com- good I mean, people out there. a whole bunch of people around me. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I would not have been here today, the kind of blood that I lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I, 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 as I said, I worked in the Bronx on Tremont Avenue. The person in front of me, I, I'm not sure it was a male, had a, a seizure. You could tell. Mm-hmm. And I stood there, and then other people came around me until we got to ambulance. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's good people. Absolutely. But at the same time, I don't understand. You put your hand, because people go to that check cashing place, right? And a woman's breast, where she put her money, and she's in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. No, I don't understand that. Total disregard, total lack of compassion, total lack of empathy. um, And between the TV, the parents not being able to parent because they got to work so hard that, you know, they're not in the house. So the TV is raising the kids, the videos, the this, the that. You know, they buy them everything, but teach them not much. And, um, you know, not to mention all the different sorts of physical, verbal, sexual abuse that goes on every day um, behind closed doors that we aren't aware of. We don't know what these kids are going through, why they're um, acting out like this. You know, um, living in homeless shelters, not having enough food to eat, um, daddy's a drunk or mama's a drug addict. Let me tell you one thing. Last semester, because it was from January to June, I worked at a school on uh, 173rd Street, 174, uh, 179th Street, I'm sorry. And it was the afternoon school program. And I'm listening to these kids, because you have to be there before 
uh, one o'clock to prepare for the kids, working with the little kids. They talking about, and everybody's involved. Man, what you pay for them sneakers? These was 300. Say, well, they ain't making that a week. I know they're not making that a week. It was an afternoon school program from one to five. But that's what the value is, is, is placed on, is what you have on the outside, not who you are on the inside. So that's the problem. My, uh, my godson, which I talked about before, uh, he was talking about some sneakers last semester. He says, but if you don't wear the right ones, they have a name for them. I don't know what name they have. Mm. And they'll know, who's that? You know, uh, not trying to be color conscious, but when I first started working, when I got out of high school, I worked at a manufacturer's handover. Those old enough know that that was a bank. And I worked key punch. And that's when they started integrating. Prior to that, many of us never worked in a bank. And they didn't make fun of this white girl because you had to wear kind of a uniform, white top, black bottom. Oh, she got the same thing on every day. And they just chicka chicka. <laughs> She bought herself a house. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we chicka chicken laughing. Mm-hmm. Because she, she, know, she knows the value. She knows, like, as they say, the difference between guns and butter. That's right. She got that butter, smooth and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, uh, how do we get our young people especially those under 30, because when you touch 30, you kind of get some sense in your health. You don't want to go to jail. You can tell people F off. You, you know, you're, you're looking at life a lot differently. We got to start, start with these kids in elementary school. Absolutely. Fifth and sixth grade. Younger. Ten and, you know. I had second graders last year, and I was very, very strict. Anyone would say that. As you should be. And, you know, in the mail you get these stickers? Mm-hmm. That turned them off. You do something Miss Murphy don't like, you don't get a sticker. Right. <laughs> yeah. A sticker. But it's, it's, the, it's the reward. That's right. And so I would say to them, I would never do it the opposite way that I know. I work with some of these teachers mm -hmm. would do. I said, I need you. When Miss Murphy gets older, who's going to take care of me? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be my lawyer? Right. Who's going to be my engineer? Right. I need you. I need an electrician. Right. And they, I, I'm going to be that. I'm going right. to be that. And I don't care what their problem was before. When they came to me, and they I They felt valued. Yes. And I have, and I would tell them, I have expectation. Mm -hmm. I know you can do it. So they had, and I hope they're not listening, they had a bunch of books in a room that no one went into. It was just sitting there. And I told, I gave them out on the weekends, mm -hmm. on Friday. Mm -hmm. Bring it back. I'll get you another book. Mm -hmm. You know. And those kids loved it. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay, Susie. If because you keep they acting, wanted that's your right. approval. That's right. You keep acting that way. And I, I knew you could be. The way you do your timetables, I knew you could be that doctor, that engineer. Mm -hmm. It straightens up. Mm -hmm. I, and Monday, I read my book. Mm -hmm. I read my book. Because they know that you value their opinion and they want to, kids are like that. They want to make you happy. 
they 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 value you. Right off Tremont Avenue, block into Tremont Avenue, and people know the kind of vicinity that's around Tremont Avenue. Mm -hmm. I call them the, sa the same people that I was sixty years ago. Exactly. I'm no different from them. Exactly. And uh, and I tell them, which no one talked about that when I was gay. When I say no one, zero. <laughs> you, I never said you're going to graduate high school. You're going to graduate college. College is the goal. That's what I did with my daughter. That's I right. said, there are not 12 grades. There are 16 grades. That's right. <laughs> and I said, and I have done this. I have done this. You know, I've been, I was in the school system for a long time, but this was just a part-time job. When you graduate, I will go to your graduation. Yes. And cheer and root you That's on. Absolutely. Yeah. Because sometimes they don't get that at home. And I know that. Sometimes some parents, and I, and I can't say good or bad, can only see the worst in their children. Right. So they've got to come to a place where I try not to hug because if you hug now. I know. You might be in big trouble. And I'm a big hugger. And I and the kids are big huggers. Yeah. They want that. Yeah. And uh, I think we have to approach our children differently. When I was teaching at Lehman, and I, and I said, at the end of the year, I would say, what can we do for our community that costs us barely nothing? Right. I said, how about saying hello to that kid that you think that's not so good? Right. How about having a conversation with that kid and find out what that kid is likes? into? Yes. There are comic books for everything. What you want to do is have the child read. Right. You know, whether they're reading. Uh, Whatever they're reading. That's right. What's yeah. that movie that came out? About Marvel Comics? Yeah, but the black people. Oh, Black Panther. That's right. Let them read that. Let them see something that's strong. Right. And there's a few other things. I know I, when my son was young, I, there was this black uh, comic thing. I don't know what he did with it. <laughs> but he had me to save him, save me, told me he gave me away. And I was really upset about that because he went, wanted to make sure that I was keeping him, yet he gave it away. But anyway, that's not here or there. <laughs> so I think, and I think if I go on any corner, corner where I worked for years in the Bronx, there are people there that can tell you the problem. But not offering a solution. I want you to. I want you to offer a solution. Yeah, not offering a solution. Well, I think a lot of programs in the community are underutilized and and um, people... Poorly paid. Well, poorly paid, definitely, but underutilized. Like, people don't know that they exist. There um, are a lot of, you know, good programs out there but like I said, people don't know that they exist. When I watch PBS, um, I hear about different programs, and I always Last night. I always put it on Facebook. I'm like, there's a high school, um, you know, a high school program where your kid can go to a private school downtown if they're doing well um, with their grades for for inner city kids. Well, I did that. The the, the Godchild is talking about his sister was the first, and I stayed on the mother mm -hmm. uh, because they want them to take a test at four years old. Right. And a lot of times, our children are not in that environment. We are twenty, no, thirty thousand words behind by the time we get to the first grade. Because uh, one time, my coworker and I, 
we show several children a bench. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a word for a bench. A chair, a seat, but they didn't know a word for a bench. Mm -hmm. So when they say we're 30,000 words behind, I, I can believe that. I want that over there, and I'll tell the mother, please say, I want that red cup on the table, mm -hmm. or wherever it may be. Right. But say the word. Right. Because I've seen parents smack children because they didn't get that over there. I said, I don't even know what you're talking about that over there. Right. 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 So I can see. Be specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about that with her two-year-old daughter because she uh, has this new thing where she covers her face and she says mad. And um, she took, she didn't, her daughter's name is Madison. So she thought she was saying, oh, I'm, I'm Madison. But then when she removed her hands, she would have like an angry face. So she kept going mad, you know? And so her mother finally came to the conclusion, oh, she's saying she's mad. And she said, no, you're not mad. You're, you're angry or you're upset. And you can tell mommy when you're upset. That's right. So, it, you know. And, and she caught it right away. She yeah. said, upset. Mm -hmm. Upset. They're, they're sponges. Uh, it's incredible what they can do, what they can learn. But we have to, we've got to do something very, very different. I don't want us to leave this conversation because I want you to talk about who you are and all of the incredible things that you have done. Oh. You know, we, when we do these things, we don't see it as incredible. Someone from the outside says, wow, please tell us what you've done. Um, eesh. <laughs> I guess uh, I've done a lot of advocacy. Um, advocacy for what? In the sickle cell community. Because I used to have sickle cell disease. I'm now cured. I'm almost two years out from a stem cell transplant that cured me of sickle cell disease um, that was killing me. Um, so I've done that. And well, let me interfere for a minute. For those who have sickle cell or either have the trait, my, grand, my, my daughter and my, her child have the trait. I've been trying to, with Halima, trying to get people so that we can have a meeting and Lawrence Hospital has said, yeah, you can do it. But, and I know that you have many questions. You have an authority here, and Dr. Asif would support us. He is the hematologist. So that's all I want to say. Lawrence Hospital, Halima, and she'll give you her email so you can talk to her personally so we can have a support group because we need, like other diseases, to, to have people to lobby and be a support to parents whose children are going through or they're going through it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, sickle cell disease affects mostly, not all, but mostly um, people of African descent. It also affects Greeks, Italians, Sicilians, um, some East Indians, but there are variant um, forms. So there are many different forms of sickle cell disease. Um, the most serious ones affect mainly African Americans and his and some um, Afro Latinos, Hispanics. Um, what we, the problem that we have is the problem that 
is in the black community when it comes to everything is sticking together um, in order to form a strong cohesive unit in order to move our issues forward. Um, so that's the problem that we have in the sickle cell community. There's a few people doing all the work. Um, same problem within, uh, you know, the black community at large. So we have to work at being more caring about what's going on with others and not just what's going on Could you give with email, ourselves. Email. Yes, my email is Halima H A L I M A H C one at Yahoo dot com. Could you repeat it, please? Halima H A L I M A H C one at Yahoo dot com. That's wonderful. Continue what you were saying because I think we do need support. But I must say, prior to meeting Candace, I had called the sickle cell hotline, wrote to them, emailed them, never responded. Mm. And someone else had told me the same thing. So if you're out there, please respond to the people who need you. Right, absolutely. Because especially the effects that sickle cell has on a lot of people as far as their uh, furthering their education, um, as far as their socioeconomic status. Um, we need a lot of support in, in, in those areas and for people to understand that you can be sick and still go to school. You know, you may not finish at the same time as everybody else, but you can keep pushing and you can graduate and there are a lot of people out there who have done it. Sickle cell people with, who are nurses, doctors, um, engineers, you know, living living good lives and they do get sick, but um, you know, they just push through it. So, you know, you can do it. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to stay stuck in the hospital wasting your days and your life away because you cannot get this, that time back. One day you're going to wish you could get that time back and you, you just cannot. So it, the minimal amount of time you need to spend in the hospital, do that. Try to take care of yourself. Keep yourself well hydrated. Eat lots of green leafy vegetables. I know the doctors tell you diet doesn't affect it, but yes, it does. It changes the way that your, your, your cells um, react in your system. If you're eating properly, you're getting a lot of leafy green vegetables and water, your, your system is fluid and it's not acidic. And that can, that in and of itself can stop the um, amount of sickling that occurs. Not completely, not to say you'll never have a crisis, but your amount of crises will decrease with good nutrition and um, also mindfulness if you could get into that. Just spending some quiet time um, alone and just thinking about your hopes and your dreams. Like, don't give up on yourself. You can do it. It may take you longer. You may have to keep pushing, but you can do it. You certainly can. I think that I am a... Prime example. Yeah. I, I had, I had a, at least in my life 300 transfusions. I've had all, people have experimented on me. 
people have called me one uh, in California when I got sick. I didn't know why I was getting sick. So I went to their general hospital. It's called General Hospital. Too. Uh, and this doctor said, oh, her hands are a lot like, like a monkey's hand. Her head is not like monkey. Where did they learn this from? Who taught them that? You have to be able to say, I'm a human being, and I don't want you to speak that way to me. I was very young, I was 20 years old, so I, I didn't have a, the gumption, and I know the older you get, the better you are at defending yourself. Mm -hmm. So uh, don't, don't stop, keep going. I remember when I was applying to Columbia, I was in the hospital, and I, I signed myself out. They said, you can't do that. I said, I got an application to put in. And I, and I put in the application, I was doing, I was being transfused into. And it was important because you had to get your application before mid-December. So I did that and uh, nothing should stop you. Nothing should stop, nor your age. Uh, I go to Columbia Presbyterian and my doctor, I call him Dr. D. He uh, has another person older than me. I think she's in her 80s. And the doctor asked Seif that's in Young, young, no, he's Long. in Bronxville. Mm -hmm. He had, I'm his oldest patient, so don't believe the hype. I had to listen to some white doctors spilling the same thing. This was like two years ago. How weak, don't learn well because we're not in school because of the crisis. My brain has nothing to do with what they're talking about. And I, you know, do people who have diabetes, can they learn? <laughs> I just want to know, because there's a lot of stuff out here. No one says they can't learn. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are in the hospital. My girlfriend's daughter was sent to this place in Virginia that take care of youngsters who have uh, diabetes. And I've never heard a person say that they have trouble learning because they're so, they got this sickle cell. That's not true. And as... Halima said there are people who are doctors who have it. And so that's all I want to say. Anything else you want to say today before we close out? You, it's all yours, Miss Halima. It's all yours. Well, I just want to thank everybody for listening um, and encourage people to step outside of the box. If they're interested in something, to go and do that something. If there's something that they used to do when they were young um, that they got joy out of, like jumping rope or playing ball or anything like that that you can still physically do, get out there and do it. You're never too old to um, to enjoy yourself. I still color in coloring books, and I'm 46 yeah. years old because and, I yeah. enjoy coloring, and I enjoy the end result of um, looking at my work. So... You know, do what it is that you like that, that brings you joy. That's wonderful. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be speaking again to you uh, whenever Halima can come back because they want people to use the equipment here. So uh, write me, write Halima, and tell, tell us anything that you would like to say. And have a wonderful day, a wonderful December, and let the new year be exciting. It, 
act, behave like this is your last week to live and do everything you would like to do. See you. Not see you. Bye-bye.